So there's this word on the streets that's trending. Uh-huh. It's called kachi kachi handi. Kachi handi. So it means conversation. And in this case, it means conversations we're too scared to have. Oh, okay. Now I understand. Welcome back to this episode of Kachi Handi. We are now on episode 16. This is, you know, an interesting progression. Thank you so much for everyone that has kept listening and that is helping um, us, you know, just continue facilitating conversations we're too scared to have. I think what this podcast always tends to want to achieve is first to bring on someone who is brave enough to have a conversation um to share their story in the hope that once you hear their story you will be inspired to be able to talk about your own story but also to create a platform for others to tell their story so i have a guess that hey, this recording has been pending for such a long time hasn't it faith um we've had <laughs> yes i think this is but finally we are here and look I'm glad that we are finally here after delays and cancellations and reschedules, but I'm so happy that you're able to come to Kachihande. Welcome, Faith, to Kachihande. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here, finally. <laughs> yeah, no, finally. That that I agree. And I think it's been me who has been the issue, where I say, I'll get back to you. Twice you've been in Lusaka, and then we just couldn't, but here we are, finally. We still made it happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, thank you so much for coming. So our conversation has been pending. And I think from when we were supposed to have the conversation, even your your journey has evolved, right? But I want us to, you know, I, you know, you were so um, gracious to come and share like your journey with um, your your particular your mental health journey with um, where you are coming from and where you are right now. So I want maybe to give you an opportunity to just share like what is your mental health journey? Uh, in thinking of where to start from, <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, so it's a little bit kind of hard okay yeah it's kind of hard um but i would say that i came to have more knowledge about mental health Mm -hmm. and get to understand my personal journey last year Mm -hmm. somewhere in july Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so it's actually been a year and that only happened when my mental health condition had worsened Mm -hmm. i was dealing with depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. and it was when I was really down when I got to realize that okay so everything I've been going through these past years Mm -hmm. I think starting um, when I was 12 Mm -hmm. I'm like okay so all of these things were just progressing and I didn't know what to do or how to go about it Mm -hmm. but anyway one thing I'm truly grateful for is the fact that I finally got to speak out and Mm -hmm. I got the help that I needed Mm, so, so yeah that's a little bit about the journey okay so because now you're saying you were 12 um and now i need to ask what was happening when you were 12 okay so it was quite a number of things mm-hmm. firstly it's the transition mm-hmm. um when you're moving from being a child mm-hmm. to your teenage years yeah sometimes it's a little bit hectic and difficult to understand you know where you get to say that 
dealing with teenagers is stressful. Yes. And in as much as it is stressful, you're looking at, well, I'm growing up. Mm-hmm. I want to make my own decisions. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be controlled. Mm-hmm. I don't want to listen to anybody else saying something yeah. because for me, I view that as people are being too controlling, you know? Right. You know, my parents told me something out there. Well, there could be a better way of saying this, you know? It's mm-hmm. the little things. They're training you to to grow into the lady that I am today. And even just doing simple things like house chores, I'd be like, can't I rest? It's the weekend. Mm-hmm. So there was so much that was going on. And for me, I think um, now that I've gotten to this place, I feel like I just didn't understand that they were actually looking at the better things mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. For me, I looked at it as a punishment, as them being too hard. But today I could say, I'm really grateful for everything that mm-hmm. they did for me at that point. In as much as I didn't like their approach, I still got to learn quite a number of things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then specifically your mental health journey, what has that been like? So when you say um, in July last year, you got to understand what exactly you were going through and maybe get explanation. So what happened to July 2022? Awesome. So last year around June, July, I think I came back in August, yeah, I was attending an exchange program in the US Mm -hmm. that was for five weeks. And so even the time that I was leaving the country for that program, I wasn't as excited. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's something I always wanted, but... In the moment, I'm just like, okay, so it's happening now. And what am I supposed to do? So we got there the first and second week. I was adjusting the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I was telling myself to say you have five weeks and you are using two weeks to adjust. Mm-hmm. So how am I going to enjoy the entire experience? Mm-hmm. And so in the third week, um, we traveled to a different state. Mm-hmm. And I was now there um, having difficulty sleeping. I was feeling like I'm out of place. Mm-hmm. Like I love where I am and I love what's going on, but then I feel detached from my emotions, right? Mm-hmm. And so during that time, it was very hard to stay awake during the day mm-hmm. because normally I'd feel so confused. I feel so overwhelmed. Relating with people became kind of hard. And you know, when you have such a program, you meet so many people, you have to talk majority of the time. And then now all I wanted to do was just be alone. Mm-hmm. And then if you ask me why, I equally didn't know. I just thought like, well, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go home. I don't want to be here. I just feel like everything is not making sense. And mm-hmm. so I talked to one of the program directors mm-hmm. who was asking me about how I was doing the next morning. And I thought I couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're trying to sleep and mm-hmm. my mind is just so, so active. I'm thinking about anything and everything. All the imaginary scenarios in my mm-hmm. head mm-hmm. coming up with stories, conclusions to matters. And in the end, I realized it was like three in the morning. I tried to sleep and I'll be awake very early before everybody else is up because mm-hmm. I just can't, I can't sleep. And so I got to talk to her about it. And I equally told her about how when I was younger, I would always talk to my mom and be like, you know what? Sometimes I feel like I need to see a mental health professional because I used to get migraines when I was very mm-hmm. young mm-hmm. and I had terrible anger issues. Mm-hmm. So we look at it as this is just a child who is stubborn. This is a child who doesn't want to be told what to do. But it was actually more than that. I was dealing with so much more than I knew. And so um, after I talked to, to the program director about it, mm-hmm. she had a conversation with me. We talked about quite a number of things. She asked me questions about my past. And, you know, yeah, we had um, a wholesome conversation. And she later on 
um, set me up for an appointment with a therapist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. while I was there. And I had my first visit. That was like my first time seeing a therapist in my life. Mm-hmm. That was last year. Mm-hmm. And so I get there and she's asking me questions as, as usual. They always do that. Mm-hmm. Ask you so many questions. Get to know where you're from, how you've been raised. Because mm-hmm. all of that plays a role in the person that you become. Yeah. And so we did this test mm-hmm. that they normally do. And at the end, she's like, you know what? You have depression and anxiety. It's like severe depression because at this point you are well in a bad state right and i was just there like oh okay i'm i'm not shocked okay. you know when you know something is wrong but then it's like you're waiting for somebody to just tell you that well this is what is going on mm-hmm. and so after that the rest of the program was quite hard for me mm-hmm. i still had to make it through the end yeah i was literally detached from everything that was going on around you know where you love doing something and then you find that even when you do that thing you don't feel as great as you would normally feel. Mm. Like, for example, you have your it makes you so happy and you're always smiling when you have that meal. But then at that point, you go, you go to, a, to a place where I'll do something I normally love, enjoy doing. Mm. And then I just don't, I just don't feel it anymore. Mm. I try to do something else. It's still not working out. And yeah, I normally get drained. And so I completed the program. And when I came back home, um, I started having therapy sessions that's in Lusaka and I was taking antidepressants from, from August to mm. April this year. Oh, really? Yeah. So mm. that's been a journey on its own. Yeah. It really has been a journey. There's a lot that has happened. And right now I could say that I'm grateful that all of this happened because I have now taken mm. my story to mm. use to speak to other people especially mm. the young people mm. think that all of these things started when i was very young yeah i know i have this experience and i can say okay you should maybe go this way go mm. this route and try to take things this way as you are still young because yeah. when you grow older you don't want to be like me who's a 21 year old dealing with so many issues which are stemming from when i was 12 years old yeah <laughs> But I want I want to take you back. What did it feel like um, to be told you have um, a, a depressive a disorder and an, an anxiety disorder? What what was I mean? You say you felt like you had an explanation as to what was going on, but what was the initial feeling from the from the diagnosis? Oh, honestly, the time I was told that this was the case, mm-hmm. I, it literally just felt like a light had been turned on because now I was getting to understand exactly why I was feeling the way that I was feeling, mm-hmm. even though finding the root cause was mm-hmm. so hard and yeah. still is because yeah. it's a number of things that keep happening. And then yeah. at the end of the day, it becomes this one whole big thing, right? So I honestly wouldn't say I was shocked mm-hmm. or I was sad. It just made me want to be more intentional about my healing. Right. Okay. Do the right things. Yeah. Yeah. So I ask that because I have spoken to like different people and, you know, some, some people, they like quickly went, I mean, you are young, so I suppose you haven't like learned some of like the culture responses where people are like, no, 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 no. Those things are not you know, it's very Western society in, 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 um, in nature and others have felt like, um, you know, they take it like 
oh my goodness, there is this thing that's wrong with me. But this is so, so interesting to hear that for you, it was almost like, so this is what I'm dealing with. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming that it helped you then plan or make the decision to say like, these are the steps that I'm willing to take. But before, you know, we get to any other quest, um, any other um, issue, what was it like explaining what you knew to your family? Did you, were you able to, is it something that you kept to yourself? Um, you know, who, who did you tell about the, the diagnosis? Awesome. I love this question. <laughs> <laughs> so firstly, when I got the diagnosis, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember exactly who I talked to, but then in relation to my family, the first person I told was my elder brother because I'm quite close to him. Yeah. And so when I told him, his mm. response was, and you accepted it just like that. Really? And at that point, yeah, I'm just like, okay, so now who do I talk to? If the one person that you think is going mm. to understand you mm. doesn't mm. understand at this point. Yeah. And that happened while I was there and yeah. I was like what do you mean mm-hmm. it's like okay never mind and so we just let it slide when I came back home um because mm-hmm. now I had to start having therapy sessions here and the whole issue with antidepressants right yeah I had a conversation with him again and it still didn't go well yeah yeah and so we just had to cut it short mm-hmm. then well I started going for therapy and everything my roommate mm-hmm. was quite supportive yeah um when I was in university yeah and the second person i told was my sister because Mm -hmm. i was like okay yeah i had to start somewhere now you have to talk about this so i told her about it and she's a medical doctor so she understood yes yeah she got it in as much as there were so many questions as to well are you really not okay why are you making this up in Mm -hmm. your head especially not praying enough oh okay that is are you not praying enough are you not praying Ish. enough? Okay, so I mean, other than... Are you not praying enough? Mm. What did you do? Did you have to make things right with God? Oh, wow. Or is it a punishment? Ooh. Yeah. And so, obviously, yeah, it's it's quite hard, especially coming from a Christian background. Yes. It hasn't been easy. Yeah, especially because, look, I don't know what sort of experience you've had with Christians, but I sometimes think, again, with Christians, sometimes the discussion of mental health is is difficult. And yes, that question of like, are you have you are you praying enough? Sometimes um, Christians take it like, oh, if you have an anxiety disorder, you must not be living the scripture that is saying be anxious for nothing. Um, So you Mm -hmm. must not be praying or, you know, are you. How did any of that make you look at yourself differently? Because, you know, when someone says, are you not praying enough? You sort of, sometimes I feel like, do I need to take a step back? Maybe I haven't been praying enough and that's why. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did, did any of that happen for you? Of course it did. Yeah, especially in the um, first months of having um, therapy and mm-hmm. taking antidepressants mm-hmm. are good questions like so what is it that your therapist is telling you which God can tell you mm-hmm. maybe you're not listening mm-hmm. to the voice of God mm-hmm. because these people are using human um, remedies for a solution but God has a best solution and I'm like okay I get that part but what makes mental health so special that if I have a mental health condition, you look at me a certain type of way mm. when I seek help for it. Mm-hmm. But then when you have a physical illness, mm. no one is going to question you and say, 
Why did you go and see a doctor yes. who's giving you solutions which are human in nature? Mm. So I always try to get this understanding. I'm like, okay, so why do you segregate the mental health part from your physical health part? Because yes. they're just as important. And that really is the money. And I think there are times I feel like there are people of faith who really um, need to see someone for what they're going through. But because they come yes. to the wrong conclusion, and as you've said, it's okay if I have a migraine and I go and see a doctor, but it's not okay if I am dealing with anxiety or, or ADHD mm-hmm. or depression for me to go and see um, a psychologist. Um, and that, mm-hmm. that, that issue of what is your therapist saying, that you, you must not be listening to God. Again, I sometimes feel like, oh, you really underestimate um the different ways that you know healing truly comes and i want to then yeah, ask um, because you and i know each other from church um yeah. on, on from the wider christian or faith community um did you you know did you receive any sort of um safe space maybe I, i'll call it that like the play did you ever speak to anybody who kind of understood where you were coming from or where you were seeing as you were taking antidepressants um, and and you were seeing a therapist? Oh, yes, actually I did and I still do talk to mm. some because obviously not everybody is going to understand and not everybody has understood, but mm. I have been blessed enough to meet um, pastors who are able to understand. Like I told mm. them everything. Mm. This is what's going on. Mm. I have therapy sessions. I have this. Mm. And well, they said, you can have those things on the side, but just don't leave God behind. You know, you yeah. can't rely um, on therapy entirely or antidepressants mm. entirely. Mm. I can still talk to God and be on antidepressants. I can still mm. be on therapy and have mm. a good relationship with God. Mm. And so I've been able to speak to people of the Christian faith who've been able to help me um, right. towards my healing journey okay and so with some of the initial reactions of like your sister and your brother what sort of support system did you or do you have in place um on this this aspect of your your life well so i actually got to talk to my dad and my mom okay. um way later like after really? this whole thing had happened i had been yes I finally got to have a conversation with my dad first before mm-hmm. my mom. Okay. And yeah, it went well. I was quite scared to do it. I didn't so, know how really, his reaction really? was going to be. <laughs> Is that why you left yes. them out of the conversation initially? Like were you scared? Yes. Yeah, okay, okay. What, what I was scared. Were you scared of? I'm like, are they going to understand? Right. Mostly it's the question of are they going to understand? How are they mm. going to take this? Mm. Are they going to feel like they haven't done enough for me? And mm. that's why I'm going through all of this. Because mm. you know, when you're coming from um, a full family, sometimes people will be like, so what, what you makes you sad? About? You have mm. your parents. Mm. Exactly. Yes. Like, you're in school, you're doing this and that. So why exactly... Are you depressed because mm. you have everything that you need? But yes. then when you get to understand that there's so much more to it. Yes. It's it's so much better. But yeah, uh, my family has been very supportive. And yeah. even now it's like whenever there's something on television, for example, like the news on mental health, mm-hmm. my mom is going to call me. My dad is going to call <laughs> me. And they want me to be there like, oh, your stuff is there because now that's what I'm working towards. Mm. Um, that's advocating for mental health. 
Ah, okay. Yeah, so I have had very supportive friends. I yeah. have had supportive pastors, even yes. lecturers at school. Yeah. Yeah, because there were days when I would normally just want to talk to somebody. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm there yeah. like, I don't want to talk to my roommate. Mm. I don't want to talk to my sister. And mm. I'll go to my lecture and we'll have a full conversation. And then oh, you'd wow. be wondering like, wait, you're in university. You're not asking about assignments mm. Mm. or about what's coming up next. And mm. I'm just there talking about what I'm going through. Mm. And that's that's been really helpful. So I've had quite a number of people support me through the journey. Okay. Okay. And I think that's 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 very good to hear because sometimes I feel like we we are able to rally around someone when they have a physical condition and put a support system in place for them. But with mm-hmm. the way mental health conditions are obviously you can't see you can't always see the manifestation of the mental health. And sometimes unless someone says, look, there are certain symptoms or um, of depression that maybe you can see that someone is in crisis. But it's not always that yeah. people are walking mm-hmm. around, you know, you know, showing you um, that they, they are, you know, going through some of those symptoms. Um, mm-hmm. I want to ask you about, you know, adjusting you know, uh, making adjustments to your life. Uh, when we first spoke, you were in full time um, at the university and you were here, um, but now you're not. And I'm not sure whether that was a decision you you took um, because of other factors, but how do you ever feel guilty about having to make adjustments to your life to adjust to what you may be dealing with? Um Firstly, I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would ask myself so many questions about what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. But then me switching from being a full-time student to being in distance mm-hmm. was because initially I didn't want to go back to school. Ah, okay. okay. So, yes, I was out there thinking, you know what, maybe let me just skip the semester and then I'll return maybe in the next semester if I'll be better. Because I really didn't think I was going to go through with university. Mm-hmm. And so... Making that decision, um, well, I told my parents they were aware I was in distance, even yeah. though I was I was still in Lusaka. Yeah, yeah, and well, sometimes you know you'd have people and they're like, "So why are you in distance, but mm. you're here?" Yeah. yeah, like, well, I can't explain everything to everyone. Yeah, and sometimes, of course, I would feel guilty and be like, uh, maybe I'm wasting money being here, mm-hmm. but I'm actually not going for class every day. But then there were days when I would normally go and go. For I would normally go and attend full-time classes. Mm-hmm. And well, it, it was hard because mm. you'd see my face maybe twice in a week, sometimes right. never, yeah. Yeah. depending on what was going on at that point. So yeah. sometimes, yes, I did feel guilty, mm-hmm. but then I got to learn that in everything that I do, I should consider mm-hmm. my well-being before what other people right. think or are going to say about me. Yes, and that that really is 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 something that um I is important, and I wanted to to come to is to to say you know where you are putting yourself as a priority um is is something that like it's a decision that you can make because you know where you are at at any given time do you ever find yourself having yeah. to provide long-winded explanations to other people or are you comfortably um you know like confident in the decisions that you're making 
Uh, currently, I'd say that I have become confident in the decisions I'm making. Mm-hmm. And but I'm able to give backing for my decisions, but I don't always need to explain myself mm-hmm. and explain to other people why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So even when I explain to them, I'm not always looking for somebody who's going to understand. Mm-hmm. I say, if you don't want to understand me, that's your problem. I can't force you to understand what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I think it's best not to explain anything and just let let things go quiet and let yeah. people have their own assumptions. Yeah. Because really you can't be explaining to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's, that's um, um, uh, very, very interesting. I, I also wanted to ask you about the, the places where I think coming to terms with where you are and what you've been through, were there any places where you felt like, society or the people around you failed you without obviously naming names and breaking relationships but were there any places where you felt like this could have gone better than it did well yes I Mm. did have um, situations where I think you know what this could have happened this way and Mm. I would have responded better Mm -hmm. especially in relation to having people understand that even I am trying to make myself well. And so you can't just demand for me to be okay in one day and expect mm-hmm. me to be okay. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there really has been so much, but I've learned to understand that not everyone gets um, the whole mental health thing. Yes. I think yes. even what has made me understand certain things is because of my experience. Like right. I'm no mental health professional, but I can give you the advice because of what I've gone through, mm-hmm. right? Mm. And so I have just learned to understand that, well, some people are ignorant about it and yeah. their reactions and responses sometimes are, well, not coming from a conscious state. Like they don't mm. think of how I'm going to take mm. it. So it's really about me and what I let um, get to me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's that's very um, useful to know. Um, I'm going to then ask you about, you know, like access to like, professional access to medication in Zambia. So obviously when you got your initial diagnosis, you were not in the country, Mm -hmm. you were outside of the country. Um, Yeah. Being, you know, after coming back after your program ended, where, you know, do you think that we are where we need to be with mental health? And I ask this because sometimes when people hear mental health, they start panicking because they, they think, oh, Chinama Hills Hospital and mm-hmm. the reputation yes. that it has. But, you know, maybe to start with, what has been your experience with respect to access to the medical um, facilities and medication that you need? Awesome. Um, so in relation to my experience, I think my experience is probably different from everybody else's experience. I got help from a private health institution. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm not exactly aware of how things go at Chinama. Mm-hmm. But like I said earlier, my sister is a medical doctor and she told me, well, you could go there for counseling and have their services there. Mm-hmm. They have um, therapists, they have psychologists, and you could get help from there. But I got my help from a private health institution. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. well, the medicine was accessible. The services were good. Mm-hmm. And on my own part well Mm -hmm. i just decided to stop taking the medication Mm -hmm. and stop the whole therapy thing yeah that was like a personal decision (laughs) we'll get to that that one was a personal decision yeah but well i would say that anybody who needs help should at least find somebody maybe who could be aware of where you could get help from because you just can't sit at home and think someone is going to look 
somehow. Yeah. yeah. You just need to speak out. Yeah. yeah. Did you did you ever feel any sort of stigma getting the help? Oh yes, I did. Really? Okay. I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. I did because um you know where you're going somewhere and someone asks you where you're going, like oh, I'm going for therapy. Mm-hmm. And even just the look, I don't even have to say anything. Mm-hmm. Just the mm-hmm. facial expression tells you that they're like really and sometimes you know, um people like to say that this thing is not for Africans, it's not for right. us, it's for the yes. white people. Yes. What makes us so different that we can't seek help for our mental health? Mm. And so um, I think some people don't even know about this story, but mm. are quite close to me yeah. for some yeah. reason. Because even just the expressions, the words yes. they use, yes. and even when yes. you're having a conversation with somebody and you talk about how you're feeling, you know? Yeah. When you have nights where you can't sleep yes. and well, um, of course, we'll quote scripture, you know? <laughs> we need course. to sleep of the night. Is like, mm. Yeah. God gives and so, like, to those he loves. Mm. Right? So like, <laughs> what did you do wrong? He doesn't love you anymore. <laughs> yeah, so there really has been um, stigma in different settings. I probably yes. can't remember everything, but yes. yeah, it has yeah. been there. And I think, I'd, uh, as you've said, I think when people take it from the perspective of um, this is not for Africans, right? And I always look at some uh-huh. people when you say to them, oh, no, no, I've been in therapy for like over three years now. and um then they ask you questions like oh but why and then you know sometimes i'm like you know sometimes it just helps to speak to a neutral person about things that are happening in your life it may not be diagnoses Uh are related but to have and then they're like no 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 those things are are not Uh for our culture there are some people i look at them and i'm like but do you know how you could do with some therapy like just to help you with some of some of right? your, you know, your life traumas because it's us who are suffering yeah. the consequences of 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 your trauma. So I mean it's it's quite interesting as you said earlier. Um when they're seeking medical intervention for a physical ailment, it makes sense, but um they refuse to to acknowledge these things because, you know, of their understanding as to us it it not being, you know, culturally appropriate. Right. Yeah. Um. I was. I wanted to ask you about um, your advocacy. I think before we get to where you are now, um, as you've said, okay. you have you have had this experience, and um, you have become so aware of maybe the different um facets of mental health and how people deal with um their mental health journey and how you know there is need for advocacy um and actually even just awareness um uh-huh. of these issues in 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 our society what has been your advocacy journey like awesome so firstly um i have had quite a number of sessions in local schools okay. here back at home ah, in and Yes. Okay. And so right now what I'm working towards is a project. It's called the Mental Health for Teens Project. Mm-hmm. And well, I developed this project while I was in the States. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I developed it while I was there and made the plans and everything. So starting um, next month, mm-hmm. on the 1st of September anyway, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will be having a book launch. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I actually wrote a book and it's dedicated to teenagers around. It contains... 20 lessons I learned at age 20. So okay. yeah, it's okay. about lessons I've learned through my teenage years and they all relate to mental health. Ah. So it's not 
the complicated type of understanding it's the little things like the choices you make and how they mm. could affect your mental health mm. how to deal with pressures of life and so mm. um i started off writing that book with my personal experience i'm saying okay, okay this is where i am right now mm-hmm. and this is how i got here but then when i look back i see that there has been so much which has caused me to be at the place that i am mm-hmm. and so i had to you know go back in memory and like okay yeah um i learned this i learned that and i learned this and put all of those things together mm-hmm. and so i'll be having my book launch and then i will be donating copies of my books to mm-hmm. four different schools that's one oh, school in lusaka mm-hmm. two in luansha and one in dollar and apart from donating those books mm-hmm. i'm partnering with mental health professionals to hold mental health awareness campaigns Okay. in the schools uh-huh. and we'll also have a book reading workshop where we get to break down the content of the book with participants oh wow and that's that's amazing yes. so you are, you are targeting teenagers mostly right or is there yes. a particular and i think that's that's such an important um um age group because as you had mentioned um with your own past experiences is look people are you know coming to themselves they're transitioning a lot from you know what yes. just you know your teenagers are so transitional and if you can help people understand themselves at that age i think it would be very helpful for them as they are you know in their transitioning um period so that i mean that is you didn't even tell me that part see it's a real shock to me <laughs> so well, now you know thank you so much <laughs> no you need to give us the dates we, obviously at catch handy we would like to support and as much as we can put you on blast to do that um i tend to always ask people who um who come um to have the conversation um when they're doing advocacy while on their own journey do you ever get tired or where you need to sort of like take a step back and say i i need to take care of myself first before i i go and help other people oh yes i do get to those um places i think that the recent one was last week <laughs> where i just said okay i'm going to rest and as much as i'm doing all of these things and trying to handle other people's issues mm. i realized that i'm my body needs some rest i mm-hmm. need some energy to do things and so it's hard for me to take breaks from stuff because i don't know i have a busy mind and i'm always <laughs> thinking of what next to do and what to create and trying to create all of these new ideas and what not but like last week i was just just sitting and just thinking okay um it's time to rest mm-hmm. and sometimes it's it's quite hard especially for me because i'm used to doing so many things right and so resting is like my mind is just thinking what should i do next like I but obviously um yes like it's so important to take care of yourself before you even take care of other people yes and even just like helping helping young people right mm. i think well from way back in my teenage years i've been yeah. like yes i I'm looking out for other people but I think after I've passed that stage mm-hmm, now mm-hmm. I'm able to look back and say okay yeah so I can help in this way and that way because yeah. obviously I don't want everything but I know something mm-hmm. that I can do to help you Mm. And so I'm I'm really grateful for this experience in mm. as much as it's been painful and sometimes yes. you wonder like okay yes. god why did yeah. I have to go through this yeah yeah sometimes it's not it's not for me but mm. it's for the people around me oh wow yeah Oh that is yo that is 
deep faith for a 21 year old to be saying they, they <laughs> see that their experience has a bigger purpose Kachihande is recorded and produced by Vibecast Podcast Network Vibecast ZM is Zambia's premier podcast network Get in touch with Vibecast on 0979-591899 or email production at vibezm.com. You can also search for Vibecast ZM on all social media platforms. Vibecast, making it possible for you to tell your stories. Now let's continue this conversation. I want to ask you because you have said you sometimes will say, why God? What has been the faith journey like Like in, in, in this process? what has been your journey with god what has what has changed what has stayed the same um what can a christian um in your shoes learn from what you've been through awesome um so in my journey well there has been a lot of course and i'm trying to pick on a few things i could talk about um so firstly i have a good relationship with the lord and even going through depression and anxiety at some mm-hmm. point i would feel like i shouldn't be going through this i don't deserve to be here mm-hmm. but then that only weighed me down even the more because i'll keep on thinking did i do something wrong even from other people you know when people said certain things they'd be like okay maybe i should consider that mm-hmm. um am i not praying enough well there are days of course when i didn't feel like praying but i still did pray and days when I didn't feel like praying and I did not pray, but still um, that didn't stop me from pursuing exactly what I believe in. And so one thing I have learned um, during this whole journey is to learn to be raw with God, like talk mm-hmm. to God about mm-hmm. anything and everything. Talk about your thoughts, what you're struggling with. Um, even when you feel like, well, am I going to make it to tomorrow? I feel like this is the end. I think my faith has been strengthened even much more because I'm able to trust God with absolutely anything. Because, you know, there were certain days when I would feel like today I just can't make it out. I can't sleep. I can't do this. Is this a punishment? Or am I going to see tomorrow? You know, like, mm. like all of these thoughts that are flooding my mind. But then here I am today and now everything that happened is a memory it was all Mm. an experience that has made me the person that I am so I have learned to embrace um to embrace challenges Mm. and Mm. things that I feel like I don't deserve to be going through this yeah sometimes you don't deserve it but you end up going through it Mm. and what exactly dictates how you get out of it is your mindset as you go through that okay okay so this has been, it's been quite an interesting journey, honestly. Mm-hmm. Okay, now walk me through, because I, I still remember the day you said to me, you're off the medication and you have, um, you you know, you're no longer um, going through. Yeah. And initially I was like, huh? <laughs> I remember panicking, thinking, oh, because also I didn't know like what sort of support system you were working with. Um, yeah. Um, but tell me if you can, right? Why did you come mm-hmm. to that decision? Okay. So um, initially when I was starting to take antidepressants, I was taking the really strong ones because mm. well, my situation was critical. Yeah. And then as I was, going through the year that was last year towards mm. the end um let's say 
September and October. Mm-hmm. So the dosage was being reduced okay. based on how I was coping at that point. Okay. Then I came home in December mm-hmm. and it just switched. I don't know if it was because of the change of environment. I right. felt like I just went back to the problems I was facing earlier before they reduced the dosage I was right. taking. Right. And so I got sick at some point mm-hmm. and earlier in January this year, Mm. I called back because now I had stopped with therapy because I was back here and I yeah. didn't want to look for a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. So that's about the therapy part. Yeah. And so I would still get my medication from Lusaka, send mm-hmm. it over here mm-hmm. and just continue the journey. So January mm-hmm. was like, okay, my medication is not working anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm panicking. It's like, I'm so worried about so many things. Yeah. And so they still had to like increase the dosage again. Right. And then I don't know, some girls are sitting and I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm, am I really going to keep going through this where you go up and you go down? Mm-hmm. And you know, with antidepressants, like when you're starting, you have mm-hmm. like two weeks to adjust. Yeah. So your body feels like it's not your body and you have right. all of these weird feelings. Yeah. And once you adjust, you start to feel weird again. Mm-hmm, when they mm-hmm. change the medication, mm-hmm. like you get sick all over again and then you start right, feeling. So right. I was like, am I willing to deal with this? Mm. And I just don't know what made me just like, okay, I am done. And I remember <laughs> that was 1st April. Right. I just said, I am done. <laughs> and I put away my medication, which was, well, a bad thing to do if you look at it from the medical point of view, mm-hmm, because... Mm-hmm. Normally, what, what you do before you stop taking a medication is that they'll keep reducing the dosage right, until yes, it's like, yes, yes. Yeah. But for me, it's like I jumped from the top to nothing. Right. And so the first two days are like, you know, weird, weird. Mm. Then during the same week, I got very sick. Right. And I knew it was because I stopped taking the medication. So it was like a relapse. And yeah, yeah I went to the hospital. I can't find anything wrong with me. Mm. And I think at that point, my parents were worried because <laughs> yeah, of course, <laughs> it's like, yes. what's going on with you yeah. from this hospital? To and they say, well, nothing is wrong with you. But yeah, I knew it was because I stopped taking the antidepressants. And so the whole month of April, mm. I was unwell. But mm. May, I started picking up. And well, I've been good since then. Of course, okay. I've had um, instances where I thought, you know what? I think it was better at that place. But really, I didn't want to become so dependent on the drugs right. that I can't function without them. Right. And so for me, it was, it was the freedom. Like, okay, I just okay. don't want to wake up and think, did I take my medication in the morning? Did mm. I take it in the afternoon? Mm. But yeah, whenever anyone needs to take the medication, they should. Yeah. And I they should. To... And before they stop, yeah. I'd say that they go back. <laughs> so there are some <laughs> lessons like that me. you've learned. <laughs> okay. And yes. I, and, I, and I ask that because sometimes the expectation is that the advocates is following everything to the T. But as you've said, you... Yeah. You um you you had to make a, a personal decision and and you have said yeah. look there were moments where you were like did I did I make the right decision and I think maybe mm-hmm. something that I don't remember whether I asked you this or whether I, I I only asked it in my head where I thought okay but are you taking any tools to help you through you know so I mean okay you said April you were um unwell but since then in any time where there it has there been any sort of real episode or any time where you feel like you have definitely gone in crisis and you know were you able to use like past tools that maybe you learned in therapy or 
or things that you've learned about now to help you through it? Okay. Yes, you did ask me this question. Yes. I remember. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, so I have been able to learn quite a number of coping mechanisms, especially the ones that work for me. And well, I did have an episode when I was having my residentials last semester mm-hmm. because it gets so busy during residentials. You know, I was asking yeah. myself, like, I should have just stayed in full time because what's going on at this point, right? And so. At that time, well, I learned to take breaks. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I'd have like four hours of classes straight, like no break in between. Mm-hmm. I'd normally give myself a break. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm missing out. But then if I stay here, I'm not listening to anything they're saying. I'm literally staring at the lecture and I can't get whatever they're saying. So I'm like, okay, if it means sacrificing 10 minutes of this part of the lecture, it's better than me sitting here for four hours straight and only leaving with the information I got in an hour and 30 minutes. Mm. So I have learned quite a number of coping mechanisms and generally helps as well. Mm. Yeah. So sometimes I get overwhelmed and just say, okay, I'll, I'll talk to the pain and the book, just mm. write down everything that I'm feeling. And I've also learned to talk to other people about what's going on in my head because mm. really no one is going to read what's in my head. Mm. If I don't talk about it, they will not know about it. So I have learned to just open up to people who I trust and I know are willing to, to hear my side of the story as well. Yeah, because sometimes you open up to people and if they just don't get you, you will be frustrated. You'll be like, why did I open up in the first place? Yeah. Yeah, so I've been able to use quite a number of coping mechanisms. Okay, and I think that that's... Um you know like i think we've 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 touched on this like a couple of times where we've said um when you look at mental health as you know part of your human condition there are people who cope with mm-hmm. um certain physical ailments by like making lifestyle changes even after maybe being on medication there there is you know certain changes i mean we we say to people with um hypertension for example like if you make adjustments to your diet if you are um you exercise you reduce your this and that you um and it happens even with diabetics for example where after if they make lifestyle changes dietary changes the, the insulin um their insulin um, dosage changes to the point where you can even come yeah. off of it. But people mm-hmm. tend not to look at mental health as as a condition of the body as well. It may be the mind, but it's, it's, it's the yeah. body. And therefore, there are certain things that you can put in place in your life to help you with, with your condition. Okay, so I think at least I feel a little bit better because initially when we had that conversation, I think I felt like I had so many questions for you. And and that's why I'm like, I don't (laughs) even remember whether I asked you uh, or not because it was something that I kept thinking about um, saying, you know, I hope Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, she has mechanisms in place. And I say this because I've realized that in a mental health space, safe places are are so hard to find right um, yeah they're hard to find very mm-hmm. yeah in the sense that to be able to say to somebody i think i'm in crisis and this is the sort of support i need or i'm just telling you that i'm in crisis so that you are aware of where i am so there are times um that we tend to panic i mean i have a friend who um she had um 
yes i think it was adhd and other than that she just had like a total meltdown where she quit her job and um yeah. it may or may not have been you know completely related to the adhd but um when she told me about i mean she told me i think post and i think there was also like burnout involved and i yeah. think i remember you know listening to her explain and this is someone who was like a medical doctor who just walked away from her job right and i remember thinking yeah. like she has such an amazing family not that my own family is not amazing just in case my mother's listening but she has an amazing family who like were able to support her transition through um what she was going through and yeah. um she was able to sort of walk her parents through why she walked away and how she walked away and that she actually what she needed was was a break from you know from everything mm-hmm. and i think in a sp- um, but this is not someone who um is in zambia or is a zambian so sometimes i think okay maybe your your life experience excuse me your life experience is in a more enlightened society so i think sometimes my panic is that there are not enough safe spaces for people to to go and maybe find someone who understand them and someone who hold their yeah. hand through what they're going through and i think for me for your family for your friends i think uh I hope you share the link with them. But what I can commend them for <laughs> <laughs> is providing you I will. <laughs> with such a um a safe space for you to like to do life and again what is commendable um for them is like at your age you know tw- 21 by the way is very young faith but anyway that's a story for another day. <laughs> um okay. <laughs> <laughs> but for you to have found that um at a young age and for you to be advocating for others at a young age as you've said when you are coming from a home where you have both parents you have siblings people tend to want to be like but then what are you what are you sad about but i'm so like my yeah. i'm so happy for you that you have that sort of safe space right um and i don't know whether I mean as you said your your parents will call you when there's something on TV um maybe just for my own curiosity what has it been like with your extended family um hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think they have no idea <laughs> really yeah because sometimes you know yeah. as much as we talk about hey, it takes a village hey some things we keep mm-hmm. away from the village let let just the people who are in it um Yeah, but well, I have an aunt who knows about it. Okay. Um okay. this is an aunt who's like my sister. Yeah, right. she's like my older sister. Right. So right. she knows about it. Yes. Okay. But the rest don't. Okay. They'll figure it out <laughs> when they listen to this. When they listen and, and when we go to the book launch, obviously because we have the book yes. launch and I'm I always like, oh, say that this. your family technically they're supposed to buy all the tickets and then the rest we figure out. That's what family is for. That's what support support means. And but you know, I think again, I I commend I commend them and 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 how they have been um you know, support for you. Um uh-huh. And this opportunity I always give to guests who come and either share their journeys or their experiences um with uh with us here at Kachihande. But I wanted to I'm going to ask you this and because I think I pre-warned you. Given the ears of like 
the whole country or the whole region or the whole world as it is what what would you like what sort of message would you like to communicate to them wow i would take it as i'm speaking to the whole nation right now so um my message to everybody out there is that your mental health matters just like every other part of your life especially mm-hmm. because your mental health determines how you cope with life in whatever area it could be your career mm-hmm. even your physical health could mm-hmm. be affected by your mental health and so we should take it upon ourselves to ensure that we are mentally healthy and take mm-hmm. time to check on the next person because not everybody is going to open up and say they are going through something and then that's how, that's how come everybody gets shocked when certain people commit suicide like mm-hmm. they look so happy they're celebrating mm-hmm. their birthday and you couldn't see any sign so it's really important to have heart to heart conversations with the people around us our friends our family even the people who look like they are the strongest mm. because mm. not everyone is going to open up about what they're going through and so i would love to say that your mental health matters mm. 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 that's 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 yeah that's my buddy <laughs> <laughs> that your mental your mental health matters okay and i think that yes i'm <laughs> and i think that 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 tends to be um i think you are possibly about the third person that have, has come to share what their journey um looks like um and where they are um where they are coming from um and you mentioned you mentioned that um you are um you you mentioned that um you know not everybody should take the the journey that you took with with how you stopped your medication do you now know yeah the right way to do it oh yes even then i did know it <laughs> but yeah i just decided to do something <laughs> else mm. but um yeah so i'll say that if anybody is seeking help and they're taking antidepressants it's always good that you talk to the medical personnel who prescribed those drugs before you actually stop mm. you might not get um out of it the way that i did mm-hmm. because well it's different for everybody so your body might react to that and then your whole situation could become worse mm-hmm. and so it's important to take the advice of um our mental health professionals in every setting mm, mm, mm. okay and and i th- look thank you so much for 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 sharing that because i think um how we approach this is 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 quite important and i think your 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 all ears to the nation statement is the one that speaks greatly for you when you say your mental health um matters small as it is yeah. i think it's such a it's such a profound statement because as you've said sometimes we get so surprised by other people's reactions when we didn't know that they were going through things that maybe don't show like for someone who has a tumor growing on their face or you know mm-hmm. yeah. it doesn't show because they are walking um normally but there are some of these other hidden seemingly hidden things which if people sought mm-hmm. help um they they would actually be equipped with what they need exactly. to be able to to you know to to go through life really yeah yeah so faith thank you so much for coming through to have this conversation we will be waiting for all the details of the book launch 
and um, and everything that you are doing over the next few months, please let us know. Would like to support how we can. All we have time. All we have is time at Kajihandi, and we'll come. We'll come and support. Obviously, because what you are doing is facilitating and providing platforms for people to have those conversations that we are too scared to have. Yes. So thank you so much um, to the Kachihanda team. <laughs> I finally made it here, and I would definitely send in the details on what. I will be working on probably in the next two weeks. Thank you so much, Faith. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, we hope that you will take, you know, Faith's pointers um, and apply them in your own life. As she has simply put, your mental health matters. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you another time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Kachihande. Please make sure you subscribe on Anchor, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Like and follow our Facebook page, Kachihande, to keep the conversation flowing. Share it with your friends, your family, your colleagues, and everyone around you. It's time we have those conversations we're too scared to have.